Stetler, and I want to welcome you to the Rebel Soul Syndicate Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me, man. I really appreciate it. This is going to be a great episode because I have with me just a great, great, very close friend. Um, she has written a ton of books, How to Be a Christian Witch, Magical Prayers for the Christian Witch, Spellcasting for the Christian Witch, um, ChristianWitches.com also uh, is, is part of her and the amazing, gorgeous, wonderful Valerie Love. Valerie, how are you? <laughs> I'm amazing. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. How are you? You are amazing, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As are you. Thank I'm in you. good company. We, yeah, we've been connected for a long time now, huh? Yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. crazy, crazy. Um, and I'm so lucky and fortunate to be in your company. I mean, you are just one of the greatest people. And you've been, I don't know, we've gotten really pretty close over the years. For sure. I think that was your doing because you, you reached out to me and you you really are a very loyal person. I think I, I think I have to give you a lot of credit for our, our friendship and our, you know, experience over these years because oh, you started sweet. it right you started it and I did. and you yes you did yeah <laughs> i did but you know also i mean you're not just friends with anybody so mm, that's very true i'm super picky yeah yeah gosh i'm just such a great guy huh you're such an amazing guy <laughs> you really are you really are um and it's true it's very true oh thank so you so i'm thankful to have you as well. Oh God, I've been so in my circle, you. you know, you know how we keep our nice circle of people that really get us. You know, that's you're in that circle, and it just feels great. Well, thank you. You're so sweet. But you know, um, I felt always very, I, I don't know, connected to you, and um, I don't know. It's just been a really like healthy and fun, and sometimes fiery and interesting relationship we've we did Miami together we hung out in yeah. New Orleans together so it's been pretty fun right it is so fun every time I hang out with you I feel like we're having some kind of divine mystical experiences that no one else around us is having like we're in this world of divinity and and magic like it's just really very mystical and very divine. It is. I know that I always think about um, if I'm going to call you, like I need to block out a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> Our last conversation was like five hours. Right? I know. God. Wild. So good. Yeah. Um, so not that a lot of introduction is needed, but um, let's start off just talking a little bit about Christian witches and tell me uh, kind of what's going on with that. And, um, you know, I, yeah, just give me a little bit of an update on that. You know, Christian Witches is a baby that came through me and that's very like all children. It is not mine. It has its own fire and its own life. I feel like a mama of it. And Christian Witches is really a movement. And it's a clarification of something that we've been doing for a very long time. So for a very long time, people have been blending magical practices in Christianity for a very long time, from Santeria to uh, many of the magical practices that came, the magical traditions that came out of Africa during the, the during the Middle Passage, and then meeting up with, colliding, right, with other 
So when the African religions met the, um, the, the Europeans, they didn't go away. Neither one went away. They melded. Neither one went away. And that's what I love about it because there has been a long time history of humanity making things eclectic and borrowing things. And so all along, that's what we've done. We've done that all along. And then over time, things morph. So for me, I feel like Christian witches is a clarification of something we've been doing a very long time. And we're just, it's not new because I, I regard Christ as a sorcerer, a necromancer, and a witch, and a magician. And it's simply something that gives us the permission to love Christ, enjoy the Bible. You know, the Bible's not historical or real for me. It's a, it's a fantastic book that I get a lot of wisdom from. To enjoy the Bible and our Christian, maybe roots, and our connection to Christ and the angels and God, and practice the craft and magic as I sit right here in the middle of my magic room and all my tarot decks and burning some myrrh incense in preparation for this amazing experience with you and sitting before my altar. So that's what's happening with Christian Witches. We have a podcast and we have the Christian Witches uh, Facebook community, which is over 10,000 Christian Witches on Instagram, just went over 5,000 Christian Witches on YouTube, growing in subscribers all the time, every day, over 2,000 Christian Witches on uh, YouTube. And we have the Christian Witches Convention, the third one, coming up in May, Memorial Day weekend of 2023. And books and events, we're having our ritual for the winter solstice next, uh, the next 10 days or so in Sedona. So, wow, a lot. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm, I'm interested, too, because... We've had a lot of conversations about this, but the um, the I guess the infusion of both of those Christianity and witchcraft, or you know, if we were to even broaden it and say Christianity and magical practices, um, and you you just made reference to it, but as you look throughout history, that marriage or that infusion, um, this isn't something that started with you. This is something that's been around for a long, long time. Would you would you agree with that? For thousands of years. Yeah. So it's always been a thing. It has. It's never been really taboo until it kind of became uh, colonialized, for lack of a better word. Do you think that's fair? That, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So strange, right? It's really strange, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because Christ, if we look at Christ, we call a sorcerer a person who talks to demons. Well, that's what he did. And the, the Jews actually called him a sorcerer. Um, we call a person a magician who practices magic and what it looks like many of his practices look like magic. We call a witch a person who practices a craft that is used for healing or for actual movement of the elements like controlling weather, which they say witches do, bringing hail, controlling weather, crops, which he did. And we call a necromancer a person who talks to the dead, which he did that too. So I would say Christ did all of that you know, when we go according to the stories that we've heard about Christ. And for me, Christ as a human is one way of looking at Christ. I more connect with the cosmic Christ, Christ consciousness of absolute love and acceptance of all people, all beings, oneness with the whole universe and holiness and forgiveness being a path. And the highest law is love. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, I um, jumped on uh, Amazon.com right before I called you, and uh, I just wanted to get a really good handle on all the books that you had out, which there's a ton, and I love I love your books, by the way. I mean, they're so great. You're such a fantastic you. author. You're pretty, uh, I started to cuss there, a bad A. I started to say bad A. No, you can, you can cuss. Fuck yes, oh, oh, you can oh, cuss. Well, hey, you're a pretty badass writer yourself, okay? <laughs> Thank you. I, I didn't know if we had to keep it, you know, really clean for your podcast. <laughs> no, only in one way. <laughs> All the other stuff oh, is okay. fine. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, but it's an inside thing between us. It's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's funny, though, is... Like some of the reviews, some oh, like, the I, reviews, I, I, Craig. I, I did, I did. I went to the one stars, and um, oh my god, they're great, right? They're just like oh, they're so, so good. You know, not a lot of brain power going on there, really. But. <laughs> okay, <laughs> terrible. I would, I would agree on that one. They're terrible. I'm like, okay, this was written by a kindergartner. Okay, next. Yeah, yeah, they're so bad, but. Um, when you talk about the Christ consciousness, I don't know. Are you are you very familiar with Richard Rohr? No. So Richard Rohr was a Catholic. I think he's passed away now. But Richard Rohr was a Catholic priest um, of the Franciscan order, and he wrote a book called The Universal Christ. So this is a you know this is a Catholic priest um, who's ordained by the Catholic Church, the whole thing. But he wrote this whole thing called uh, the Universal, this book called The Universal Christ, and it's essentially about Christ consciousness. I think you would really enjoy it. But um, so whenever we talk about Christ consciousness, would you mind explaining that a little bit? For me, Christ is a great cosmic being. Like we have many cosmic beings. It's a really universe full of spirits full of all kinds of spirits some toward some untoward i don't really go with the whole good evil thing just more like the ones that are ones that you are inspired to drawn to intrigued by and ones you just stay away from i mean just like people there's all kinds of people on the planet and so this universe has all kinds of spirits and for me christ is this great cosmic presence sort of a like a light very much reminds me of the sun and i experience different spirits in different ways like all of us do and this christ cosmic christ presence has always been very close to me ever since i was little and they gave me the bible now i wasn't really too big on everything that was in the bible because it seemed like a strange book the whole time the whole time i was reading it it was very strange I couldn't ever get through the whole thing. I would read parts of it. Every January, they told us, you know, start reading the Bible again. Because I grew up in the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses. So they gave me a Bible when I was like three or four. Don't put your Bible on the floor. Don't write in your Bible. The Bible's sacred. Keep it on the desk. Keep it here. Read it every day. Every January, start and read the whole Bible. Two to three chapters a day, read the whole Bible every year. I couldn't get through it. It was just like, oh, my God. It was like trying to, it was like biting razors or something. And so, but there were certain things, Greg, in the Bible that just lit me up from inside out, head to toe. Mm. Christ was one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
like he made sense to me. The God of the Old you know, Testament just smoting and smiting and throwing fire from heaven and pestilence and telling people to go kill women and children. I, 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 for what? I could not wrap my head around it. Christ, from the, from the beginning to now, I could, I could get with this dude. I, it was, he was like a yes. And it wasn't the human yes. Because for me, I believe that the, co- the Bible is a very cosmic book. I have many Bibles. I have a whole Bible collection. There's a Bible in front of me right now on my altar. And I use the Bible as a portal, like all holy books. For me, they're portals into dimensions beyond. And they're channeling us into these dimensions beyond with story, allegory, myth, legends, like the legends and the myths and stories of the Greek gods and the stories of the Orisha and the stories of the Lawa. All of us have stories of these great cosmic beings. And these great cosmic beings are real, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. And they're all over the universe. And so when we come into contact with a cosmic being, we usually know it. Because it usually leaves us very changed. Have you had those experiences? I know, but I know you have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what happened with me for, for Christ. And and the stories in the Bible, I, I view them as very fantastic. And fantastic I mean um not quite believable. Like, you know, a baby born to this virgin in a manger with all it makes for a nice story. But for me that's not the cosmic Christ. Yet it does mean something. You know, it has a lot of meaning in there. It's allegory, it's it's uh metaphysical, it's many layers of meaning. It's numerology, it's astrology, it's all of that. So for me, through reading the Bible, I think even holding the Bible or touching the Bible or putting it under your pillow, it's a super magical book. And so it connects me with the cosmic Christ presence, which is the major spirit that I work with. Interesting. You know, I find that that's one of the things that has... um, I mean, we've known each other for a long time, and my journey's been, um, a, you know, an evolution for sure. But one of the things that has always been inescapable is the draw to Christ, and I know that that's been kind of the same thing for you, right? It sure has. So and what, it's what never is gone that? Anywhere. That's a good question, Craig, because I have pondered that mm-hmm. a lot. Like, why does Christ mean so much to me? Mm-hmm. Why is it so feel like it's so deeply embedded in my soul? And why do I know that he's talking to me and I'm talking to him? Like, what is that? And I can only say that it is the same thing that happens with people who have the connection to Yemaya or to Papa Legba or to Oshun or to like there is I do really get the sense that maybe all these magical traditions are telling us the truth that there is some kind of head spirit. Like there is some kind of spirit that's sort of not like in charge of you, like your boss, like kind of your caretaker, your higher self, your teacher, your guide. Like you got some, you're packing with a team in heaven. Mm. And I think we have teams that help us. Well, that'd be fantastic. Uh 
Do you get that sense? Like, you know, it's that funny. We'll these helpers. I get this. I, I so, you know, I've been through a pretty long journey, and um, there was definitely a time there where I just was like, you know, I wonder if there is a god at all. Really, I wonder if there's all these spirits because every culture has its own deity, right? Every every sect or nation or or even within a nation, you can have a hundred different ideas. Even Christianity, right? I mean, they, they, um, nobody knew who God was and they argued about who he was all the time. And we're still doing that. So there was a point in time where I felt like, you know, I just don't even know if there is a God. Maybe this is all just humans being idiots. Um, <laughs> which, you know, would not be a stretch. But I think that at some point I decided, no, you know, I, I really feel connected to something. And as, as sacrilegious or blasphemous as it may sound, I do think so. I think that maybe there are different deities connected to different cultures around the world. And instead of trying to have all the answers, maybe you just go where you're led. Does that sound okay? Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Because it definitely can't be any one way for everybody that I rule that out that can't happen and I also ruled out that any of them can be discounted by somebody else mm. like the Christians can't wipe out the Orisha and people have been working with the Orisha before Christianity was born right and we can't write wipe out the Egyptian gods like the the voodoo gods can't say the Egyptian gods are no good right right so since no one can rule anyone out, kind of what I came to, I, and I went through that atheist period as well, like there's nothing out there. Yet my experience wouldn't let me stay there because there was just too much I could not explain. And I knew deep in myself that there is way more than what meets the five senses. Like that I know from mm -hmm. my own experiences. And so what helped me to bridge that divide in the spiritual realm was Kabbalah because Kabbalah really helped me or Kabbalah or Kabbalah, people say it different ways. It helped me to bridge the gap between Christianity and magic mm -hmm. and, and all that I read in the Bible and the Jewish stories and all that. And then on the spiritual side, what helped me is quantum physics because it's saying the same thing as spirituality. Crazy. It's Crazy. Me. Quantum physics is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just blows my mind. I yeah. know. I know. Because, you know, I'm going to get, I always get, I always say something stupid in, in every podcast. So this is going to be the one. But um, I know like so many people that practice magic, you know, and a lot of them are great, but a lot of them are just kind of fucking crazy to be honest with you you know and it's like no yes. honey you're not a witch you're a psycho <laughs> you're a psycho you're a psychopath you are not a witch um <laughs> you know what's funny about that that i have someone in mind oh no that's not where you're gonna go <laughs> Wow, terrible, <laughs> terrible. Careful, careful. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
What's funny about that is that literally every magic book has some kind of warning about that. I guess we're not reading the warning label. Like, literally, almost every magic book you pick up and read says, but now be careful because, you know, be careful of your mental state, your emotional state. Don't mess around with magic if you, you know, don't really know what you're doing. Like, literally, almost every magic book has that in there. But mm-hmm. that doesn't stop us from just, and it's easy I find magic to be a trap for people who are mentally unstable. It is, for sure. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will gravitate to it. Yeah, I don't know why. Do you? I don't have that answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. The funny thing is, though, I think if you... And I have no problem with... I agree with you about the gods and goddesses and all of that. But I think if you look at magic as just a base-level situation, particularly something that was very eye-opening for me was my study of chaos magic is that um, a lot of magic is really quantum physics just kind of with an aesthetic to it. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean that in a really great way. But do you find that connection? Oh, my goodness. I actually love quantum physics for that purpose because it gives the scientific explanation of what we're doing in magic. Yeah, so all the all the dressing is good and I don't have a problem with any of it. I'm not I'm not super huge on the you know, I don't know what you would call it. Um the left-hand path. I think some of it's fine, but some of it's just kind of corny, but that's me, you know. <laughs> that, that's one of the things I love about chaos magic is that um I just love the attitude of like, well, that's fucking dumb. We're not doing we're not going to do that. <laughs> It's chaos magic is super practical. That's what I find about chaos magicians. They're just so super practical, sort of hard nosed. They're not given to flights of fancy. I like that about chaos magic. I I do too. I also like that they sort of have it. (laughs) This is going to be. I've I've got to grow up a little bit, but I like how they (laughs) sort of have an attitude towards some of the other more, um, I guess, technical. Ceremonial stuff. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's dumb. We're not... We, like, you don't need a robe. You don't need to spin around 17 times. You don't yeah. need to draw a circle. You don't need to do any of that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do our thing, and it's going to be better than what you're doing, so... It's going to yeah. be good, and it's going to work. <laughs> and it's going to work. <laughs> I actually love chaos magic. I love it, but... Wow. Oh, I think it's so nice. great. Yeah, it's so good. It is. I haven't tried it, though. Well, I can say I probably have tried Chaos Magic here and there because I love the Gallery of Magic and all those books by Damon Brand and all them. I love them. I have like seven books from Gallery of Magic. Would you call that Chaos Magic? I would, yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Because they pretty much say in every book, now listen, you don't need wands. You don't need robes. You don't need fancy Latin words you can't say. You don't know if you're calling an angel or a demon from the pits of hell. This is how you do it. And it's just so good and actionable. It is. And um, I just I just like the, um, I don't know, I just like the, you know, we talked about, um, you know, I, I guess for me, because I, I grew up in Christianity, right? So um, you had, and I was in several different brands of it, you know, Baptist and Pentecostal and really hardline Pentecostal and they all had their different ideas about in laws and, and that kind of thing. So whenever I started to gravitate from that just a bit and explore magic, I thought this is going to be cool because it's going to be so free and I can do whatever I want, you know? And, um, they argued as much as, as everybody else did, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really got into Jason Louv, who you and I have talked about before. 
We love him. We love do. Him. We do. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he's he's a little bit nerdy, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. So which I kind of like quirky. I like that. I I love it. I love it because <laughs> um, the first class I watched, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and uh, he said, "Just so everybody knows, this is my magical robe." You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "All right, I can get into this guy. This is going to be cool." martini here this is my magical elixir exactly right exactly right so but i i do love some of this stuff like candles and i have a robe i do you know i have one and um i have a ton of junk you know no i don't mean junk i i have a ton of i don't know yeah yeah so i think it's fine but um i also think it's perhaps not necessary that doesn't mean it's not beneficial does that, does that make sense or am I going off the rails? Important distinction. That's an important distinction. Yeah. A really important distinction. Yeah. Because we are the magic. Yeah. Right? That's right. You're the magic. I'm the magic. That's right. Divinely uh, created to, to be that, I think. For sure. That's and the funny thing is we, you know, before... Christianity became so Romanized and colonialized, really with the the really in England, whenever they started, you know, killing quote unquote witches. Um, magic was was very much part of the practice. They cast lots, they did divination, they did all that kind of stuff. And so fast forward to where we are now, and unfortunately what we have is a version of Christianity, as much as I hate to say it, that was created by, you know, old white guys. Is that <laughs> I mean, it sucks, right? But that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what we have. With the magic sucked out of it. Completely. And for a long time, the spirituality as well. You know, it, it really was a pretty dead practice. I mean, there were pockets of... Um, there were pockets of spiritual experiences. But that wasn't the norm. I mean, for a long time, the norm was... You don't even get to read the Bible, right? We're just going to tell you what it says. And you're going to pay your tithes and your penance and, you know, do what we tell you. So for a long time, I mean, it was pretty dead as a religion, spiritually, don't you think? Yes, because our practices have to be vivified. They have to have a an espiritismo, a, a spirit in them, a liveliness, like a, right, an energy. Mm-hmm. And when you're just sitting there and you're listening to somebody talking to you, you know, except for the ecstatic parts of service, I grew up with no ecstasy whatsoever in religion. We had to seek it other places because the religion that I was in is a completely head up, neck up religion. Yep. Complete brainwashing. So they didn't have any mystical moments, no ecstatic moments. At least the Pentecostals were jumping up and getting the Holy Ghost. Would you say, or was was that the kind of Pentecostals oh, yeah. that y'all were? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the um, there was a lot of theology that was kind of silly, but there was a lot of ecstatic experiences too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't allowed to do that. We weren't allowed to do yoga or incense or meditate or chant or do anything that would put you in altered states of consciousness. You know what's so like, funny about that? So you never went to a Pentecostal church? I didn't go to a Pentecostal church until I got older. Um, When I went into my discovery phase and I just threw off everything the witnesses told me 
you know, in that 28 to 30 Saturn return period, I have that deep depression. Yeah. Uh, once I exited the witnesses after 26 years from four to about 30, uh, I left them. Then after I had my hedonistic phase of just doing whatever they told me not to do, which I had to have that for a while. Then I went on my true spiritual search. That's when I went to all these different churches, Methodist church, Catholic church, Baptist churches. I just went everywhere, did everything, read all the Buddhist books, went to the mosque, went to the Hindu. I was looking. Yeah. And if you had told me to look under a rock in the middle of the desert, I would have done it if there was a rock in the desert. You know, it, I was in the wilderness. I was with the witches. I was with the shamans. I was everywhere. Yeah. Um. So, did you? So, did you have any experience with the Pentecostal Church? I didn't have an experience with the Pentecostal Church, but I can say I had many of those experiences in Baptist churches for sure. Because mm-hmm. you know, um, Baptists they really get into it too. You know, they're running well, around the, the church. Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> the the. The Baptists are funny, right? So, oh, so it's like a circus. Well, the Black Baptists are <laughs> really entertaining. <laughs> really entertaining, and the you know the white ones are are not. I, the first time ever, <laughs> so true. the first time I got invited to preach at a black oh church. Goodness. You crack me up, Craig. <laughs> it's true. I got invited to preach at a black church, and I thought, oh, I am killing this sermon, man. <laughs> This is the best message I've ever preached. But then I found out they were excited about everything, so whatever. <laughs> oh, they're looking for a reason to jump up and run around the church. They just take off running. Oh, if you haven't if you haven't been to a so, true black church, you have to go. You have to. Go. Oh my goodness, you have to do it. And the choir and the Jesus and the falling out. You have to have all of that. That's and the Holy so Ghost great. speaking in tongues and rocking back and forth and then somebody's going to fall out on the floor and then the ladies are going to come and put a little scarf over your legs as you're kicking and screaming. It's wonderful. It is so, <laughs> it's so fun. I, yeah, I, I, I became friends with this um, black uh, Pentecostal church back home and uh, they would have me every couple of months. That was the best wow. time. Oh, they so liked fun. you. They did. They really liked you. <laughs> they oh, that's did. lovely. <laughs> yeah, the pastor was a woman. I can't remember her name now. Uh, but it was great. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, all that's fun. I like it. Yeah. I so, could go into a church right now and have a ball. I the like point of, about that, though, is um, the, the raising of energy that occurs in a Pentecostal church is mm-hmm. not that different than the raising of energy that happens in a magical circle. And so I just find it interesting, and I know that somebody outside of that or who has never dove into magic, and some of magic can be kind of scary, right? There's a lot of, oh, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I, I just think there's a lot of, it's funny when I say that because it's, it's so disingenuous. <laughs> go, go for it, go for it. I just think a lot of the left-hand uh, path stuff, you know, uh, draconian magic and... Um, all of that. I think a lot of that is just stupid bullshit for people that don't have anything better to do with their life. Because what I've discovered, and I did explore some of it, but it was just, for me, and I believe in angels, and I believe in demons, and I don't necessarily believe, I believe angels are a higher vibration, but I don't necessarily believe that demons are like what we see in the movies, okay? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bound up in a weird 
uh, westernized view. But I also think that sometimes we gravitate towards extreme darkness because we have a mental illness or we have unresolved fear or unresolved hatred. Because I, I don't truthfully believe that we really desire to live in a, an oppressive state. That doesn't mean that darkness is bad, but it certainly carries a different energy than, let's say, vibration and light. Is that fair? For sure. Yeah. I don't know anyone that wants to live in fear or in sadness or in thinking people put hexes on them or trying to put hexes on other people. I don't know. They're not happy, joyous states. Mm-mm. So why would we want to inhabit them? Yeah, you know, that's another thing. Uh, I, I just, I, I think when you look at anything, whether it's Christianity or whether it's magic or whether, I mean, I really love the early writings of, you know, Siddhartha, uh, the first Buddha, um, especially, I just think like, I knew someone that said, you know, be careful when you mess with a witch because, you know, I, I, I could put a hex on you. It's like, sweetheart, do your best. (laughs) Yeah, not concerned about that one iota. Zero, zero concern. Yeah. Um, zero, yeah. Yeah, I, I, whatever you need to do, you know, prick your finger, uh, call up Beelzebub or, or Goetia <laughs> or whatever you want to do. But yeah, I have no worries um, over here. No. I just think some of it gets silly. And um, unfortunately, the true power, the true power of like having a deity, having a, uh, a, a prayer life, um, having a magical practice or a ceremony, I think that a lot of times the power gets lost in some of the ridiculous details. That's my opinion. Mm. For instance? For instance, we, we talked about this one day, right? Um, like, I'm just going to make everybody mad today. The, I'll go for it. Yeah. I, like, I like making people mad. <laughs> like the Wiccans, right? I remember talking to a Wiccan a few years ago. And I, she was talking about how to do this or that. And I said, so you walk counterclockwise. And she said, no, like you, it's Wittershins. And I said, mm-hmm. that's a stupid fucking word that nobody <laughs> uses anymore. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, nobody uses know. that word. But they think, oh, you need to call it Wittershins because that's part of our, that's part of yeah, our religion. Yeah, it's part of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you got to, faiths have to, in my opinion, they have to evolve. Well, you know, for me, what I'm seeing is that either you want to be in a religion or you want to follow a spiritual path. So for me, I want a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're in a religion, you have to do all the things. I mean, if you're going to be an adherent to that religion and, you know, I'm for any religion. And if if the religion works for you, you know, work it. Uh, If you're going to be in a religion and you are truly an adherent to that religion, then I guess you would have to do the things that that religion says that you would have to do. And what many people do not understand about even being Christian witchy, you know, your question that you asked earlier was such a good question because it just has layers to it. The answers have layers. That when people hear me say Christian witch, they think Christian means an adherent to a religion. And Christian means a person who follows the life and teachings of Christ, not yes, a religion. 100%. It's a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. Just like witchcraft is a spiritual path for me. Now, for someone else, 
it's whatever they say it is. For me, this is a spiritual path, and a spiritual path doesn't have rules, dogma, doctrine, do it like this, do it like that. Mm-hmm. What I go by are the laws of the universe and principles that work for everyone, like love, responsibility, commitment, things like that. And what I know to be my highest truth in every moment. And it's so simple to find that by tuning into inside the self. It's so simple to find that. Yeah. So the esoteric Christian faith, right? Or even the Gnostics, as an example, um, believed that the universe within you or me uh, or anybody was as vast and expansive and worthy of exploration as the universe without. And I think that most of us, uh, at least in the West, well, almost any religion really, but most of us want to turn it into what can I do and what can't I do and what are the rules. And in spirituality, it's, and, and, and Jesus taught this too. And so did, as much as I don't like the Apostle Paul, um, so, did, so did he. They both sort of taught that, look, you, um, so the Gentiles don't know the Ten Commandments, but they have a conscience, and their conscience guides them into righteousness. Jesus said it, I mean, paraphrasing, and Paul said it too. So when you look at Christianity in particular, well, when you look at Jesus and the early adherents, which they had their own problems, but the majority of them were on a spiritual quest, especially Jesus, because Jesus dogs the Old Testament over and over and All over. All the time. He just bashes it. Bashes like, ha, it. Ha, ha. Even in the Gnostic Bible, they say he was laughing at them when they were like washing their hair and so ceremonial. Literally, they say he was laughing at them. Like, ha, 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 look at you. You think you have to do all that to be with God. That's what you think. Like, he was relentless and merciless. Yeah, but the funny thing is, it's like, you know, they, they even asked him in the, you know, in the in the canonized Gospels, you know, why didn't you, why didn't you guys, you know, wash your hands? And he's just like, look, it, this is my day. I, you guys have it all wrong, and uh, I'm not doing that, you know. So, the funny thing about, I don't know, it's weird a little bit, because Jesus quotes the Old Testament, but not very much of it. The Psalms and the Proverbs and the book of Isaiah, the rest of it, he doesn't like. You, you know, you were on uh, Truth Seeker's uh, podcast once, right? Oh, my goodness. Truth Seeker and I talked for about almost eight hours. I was on his podcast for about three, four hours. And then he came on mine the following week, and we were on for like another three hours. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. So I like him. Um, we're pretty, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're pretty good friends. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Now, he's a little more orthodox Probably than I am. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did a teaching on the books Jesus never quoted. And it was pretty cool. I mean, wow. yeah, Jesus seems to have a real problem with a lot of the Old Testament. And it's just so funny because most of Christianity, they, don't, they just don't go there. You know, they don't dive in. Because of fear of what they may find. Because of fear. For sure. Because of fear, right? Uh-huh. But don't because, you, don't you think that's what holds us back from most of our exploration? Absolutely. And how can we have a spiritual path or a spiritual quest if we're not doing the zero of the fool? 
stepping out mm-hmm. on this great adventure. Yeah, so Valerie's talking about the tarot, which is a, a sort of a story and uh, begins with the fool who starts out on an adventure and has no idea what he's getting into. And that's, that is very much <laughs> the path of a spiritual explorer, is it not? Isn't it? Isn't it what happened for you? That's what happened for me. I still don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure I still don't know what I believe. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I live in the wonder. I live in the mystery. I let it unfold. It's magnificent. It's a grand unfolding. This is no better movie than your own life. You know, and the funny thing is, is that God used to be a mystery. And now, you know, he's, he's pretty much just a theology, right? Mm. Yeah, this whole God thing. A long time ago, I had a really profound experience, Craig. I felt like I had, like, it was grief at a personal God. Like, I very much believe that there was a real man, like a God. Yeah. Like a God of Lord of the Universe. And it was okay that he didn't have a wife, but he had a son. How did that happen? We don't know. But that's what they would have us believe. And when I got to a place in my spiritual walk where the secrets of the universe were opening and opening and opening as they continuously do, right, as we're on this walk, and it showed me that there is no, like, we look behind the, the Wizard of Oz, there was nothing. There was no man that's going to give you anything you want. You have it, click your heels three times. So there was no person that was, like, turning the wheel of the universe. It is a great energy that is love that it's not a person at all do you know that was probably one of the most grief-stricken moments for me when i actually had to let go of god as a person a man no less Mm. so your your acceptance of him then was what An, an energy yes the great more like what the gnostics call it the great invisible spirit because that's what i experienced I never experienced it as a person. It's a great, it's love. I guess you could say capital L love, capital L life. It it simply is. It's beingness, infinite beingness. And the nature of this infinite beingness is giving and love. It's never taking away. It's never punishing. And that the any time I experience something that is other than the infinite love and infinite givingness of this universe then I am blocking it. Hmm. Science to live, yeah, right? I'm blocking it. That's why I'm experiencing something other than infinite love, infinite givingness. I used to have this house out on the eastern shore of Maryland. And this house had a crawl space, a conditional crawl space, because this part of the eastern shore of Maryland is very watery. So you can't dig deep down for houses. So none of the houses have basements. They all have what they call a conditional crawl space. And it's only like four feet. And so you go down some steps, what you would kind of call a basement, but because you can't go deep, it's only a place where you would put boxes Mm -hmm. and things like that. You can't even stand up (laughs) down there. That crawl space would get flooded because, of course, a lot of water comes, a lot of heavy rains and all that, and it's watery already. So every so often we get flooded, we would have to have the people come in, put the fans up, you know, dry it out, put the fans up. Otherwise, if you didn't dry that whole thing out, well, we know what's going to happen. It's dark and it's moist. 
We're going to have mold. We're going to have vermin. We're going to have all manner of things because that's where the sun don't shine. Right. That's what it's like for me. So all that darkness and stuff people experience, they're not letting the sun in. They're not letting the light in. Because if you let the light in, you have growth. You have givingness. You have have flowers. You have grass. You have life. Mm -hmm. And wherever you block it, you have darkness and you have all kinds of untoward things that only grow in the dark. I kind of like that. That's kind of profound. Really? Yeah. Because um, if that is what you make your life about darkness, then you're going to produce and receive and house what grows in the darkness. And most times, I mean, because nature is not necessarily, I mean, it's it's kind of a... Mm, I don't know. It's a vision or a view into our own lives, right? Uh-huh. We're not that different because yes. it's all it's all living. We're living. It's living. All that kind of stuff. And it's all the same energy, right? Uh-huh. So no different than if if we cater to darkness and we spend our time in darkness, then what's going to grow is what grows in darkness, and what grows in darkness is typically not anything awfully health healthy. And what grows in light is trees, plants, oxygen, the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I think there's a, I think that's a great illustration. I think it's incredibly profound. But I just wonder, what do you think drives people to spend so much time in their darkness? And I'm not classifying darkness as bad. Yes, I get that. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Because... As a witch, I like light and dark, and we use darkness a lot because, for instance, when I had that basement, if it wasn't dried all the way out, we know mold would grow in there, and mold is like nature's decomposer, right? It destroys. So I find the darkness to be destructive, like it'll break things down, Mm -hmm. and the light creates so i do use the darkness and the dark forces not in a left-hand pathway more in a disintegrating if i want to disintegrate let's say jealousy or insecurity in myself i can use the dark forces for that because it's a destructive disintegrating you know you know how when you want to disintegrate something you kind of have to use some kind of solvent yeah that's kind of what dark energy is for me Cause like the whole universe is made up pretty much of dark energy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a yin and yang type thing, right? You have you have light yes. and dark, and it was it was created to be that way, or it created itself to be that way, whichever. Mm-hmm. So it's just different energies for different things. Yet what happens, I think, with people, they get unbalanced and they get too much into the dark, and then they can't find their way to constructive living. They're just indestructive. They're in chaos and they're in breakdown. It's almost like these two goddesses that are in Egypt, they in Mayat, which most people know about Mayat, you know, like the goddess of truth and order and and right thinking, right? And and elevation of um, how things just order, right? Having your shit together, putting having things in order. Mm-hmm. And they say that she has a Swiss sister. And her sister's name is Isvet. 
And Isfet is the exact opposite. She's chaos. She just destroys shit. So I guess, you know, if we didn't have the ability to destroy some of the things that we've created, we probably would still have too much stuff around. So, and there are energies in me that I do wish to destroy and disintegrate. I want to disintegrate all my insecurities, all my fears, all my hesitations and procrastinations, right? And and my guilt and, and anything else in me that's not serving love. I want to destroy that shit. Yeah. I love your voice and the way you say things. It's, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so genuine. Um, so I'm curious, you know, and we've, we've talked about this before and, um, people that listen to my podcast, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy group of people, right? It's a, <laughs> we like crazy people. We do. I we am do. a crazy person. <laughs> but when you look at magic, you know, and you look at the idea of, and for any skeptic out there, um, you know, I mean, there's a, a lot of books on quantum physics, I, I would, or or even websites. I would just challenge you to take a look at that. But when we look at magic and we look at the possibility of exploring that, um, if somebody said to you, "Where do I start?" What would you say? Oh my goodness, meditation. Oh God, I should have known. That's good though. <laughs> but, but go ahead. Why'd you say, "Oh God"? Like, oh no. Uh, because meditation. everybody, every every skilled magician says that but explain why you're totally because, I mean I don't have to tell you you're right, you're right but I, I completely agree maybe that's the way I should say it but explain that because you cannot know the universe if you don't know yourself and the only way you'll know yourself is to be still and know God, to close your eyes sucks. and turn you but you're, you're right it's no other way it's no other way it's so funny because um, when you and I have talked about this but I went through a really bad breakup just a, a couple of months ago, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't handle a lot of it very well. Some of it I did, some of it I didn't. Some of it was completely justified, and some of it was me just scorching the earth, which I, which, which we got to do to, you know, let stuff go, you know, just. I'm let not. It a, I'm not a middle of the road guy. Valerie. I like that. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm pretty extreme myself. Yeah, yeah you're, it's probably why we get along. Yeah. We're either all in or, or it's you're not going to enjoy like, this experience. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, this is terrible. But one of the things I knew I needed to do to really heal was meditate. But I also really avoided that because I knew I would have to sit with the pain and the thoughts and really get deeply connected to myself, which is exactly what you need to do, but it's kind of hard, don't you think, sometimes? Oh my God, it's so hard. Uh, it's so hard. And I'm, I'm a diehard meditator, and I still have challenges with meditation. Huh. For real. I don't have a master. I do not. And I wouldn't even say I do. I'm wow. very good at it. I don't have a master. I do not. It's so funny because somebody asked me yesterday, um, they're dealing with some depression, and they asked me, you know, is there any outside, and they're taking medication, but they asked me, you know, is there anything outside of medication that I could do? And I said, oh, you got to start meditating. I mean, 
scientifically and, and, and for every other reason, personal experience, you got to start meditating. It's just, um, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to do, but once you start, you've, you kind of learn to love it, don't you think? I do love it. It's so powerful, right? Super powerful. I, how will we discover our superpowers if we don't sit in our stuff, go past all of that, and then get to the quantum, to the field? And then it's like, whoa. Yeah. But I've done a, a fair share of plant medicine, too, so I can say that that has helped tremendously. Oh, yeah, well, I'm on board for that. <laughs> As disappointing you know, as that may be. We have some shortcuts. I, we have some helpers, you know, plant helpers, plant allies, and plant teachers. You have a lot of friends that have done that. I think we talked about um, Nar Martinez one time. Uh, he's a shaman. Do you remember talking about him? Oh, Shaman Nar. Yeah. I remember you talking about him. Yes. Yeah, so he's done a lot of that. Um, so my draw to witchcraft originally was my connection with trees and plants yes the spirits of uh we were talking about this the other day and my daughter just told me she said mom i was listening to your live stream the other morning it was so funny she said because you were talking about these plant teachers and you were talking about the goddesses like like uh mary jane or marijuana or reefer or whatever people call it that i experienced her as a feminine energy and that she's this very like chill out relax you know she's like this great relaxer you know, like there's a spirit with the plants. There's a spirit with tobacco. And tobacco I experience as masculine. And ayahuasca, there's a spirit of mother ayahuasca entering the heart of the mother. So these plants have spirits associated with them. I sense into it that plants and trees are the embodiment embodiment of specific energies. Mm-hmm. And that's why we can use them in magic, right? Yes. I'm curious though. So if if let's and this is gonna be hard, I know, but let's imagine that there is a a guy out there who is listening to this because women tend to be more open to this kind of thing. Um, but let's say there's a man out there and he's listening to this and he just goes, I don't know, man, this sounds crazy. But he has a small window of objectivity. Your suggestion for him would be what? Go sit out in the wilderness and just listen? Yep. Yeah. 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 Like, we can talk about it. We can tell people about it. But when they have to go and experience it for themselves? Like, nothing's going to teach you more than your lived experience. That's your teacher, your your own self. You know, what's unfortunate is we've been taught to believe that we are not to be trusted. Yeah, unfortunately. Which, whoo, I had to make a huge paradigm shift on that one. Really? Huge. Because they told us the heart was treacherous. Isn't that what they told us? Oh, yeah. For sure. And it's exactly the opposite. All your wisdom is coming from your heart, from inside. And, you know, when I started studying science saying that we have three brains, 
We have a head brain. We have oh, a heart brain. I love brain, this. We have a belly brain. Isn't that what it's saying? I love this. Yeah, keep going. Oh, my goodness. They're telling us. Yes. And, and that they're interconnected and that your gut is real. It's and crazy. You no, know, isn't it? Like, so you know good. when your gut, like your head brain is the last brain to know. God, yes. <laughs> I love this though. I love this. I just I heard this about four years ago, and I was just like, "Fuck yes, this is so good." Oh, it's truth, right? Yeah. So, so you le- legitimately, everyone, you have three brains, and the head brain, which goes against it's everything, my dumbest brain. <laughs> it's the dumbest brain. It's the last one to pick up on stuff. It's the one that and goes. It's my lying brain too, because it wants to lie and it tell does. me that things are as they are not. Yeah, because it won't let me see the truth. My gut already told me the truth. Your gut already told you, and your head said, "Well, wait a second. I, I don't know. Maybe we. Maybe. So, <laughs> I, I equate this so so many times. I told someone the other day, when you're with a, a partner, whoever it is, and you have all these red flags and you feel mm-hmm. them. You feel them deeply. Oh yeah, but you've been there and done that. Oh God, yeah, of course. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there and done that a few times. <laughs> and yeah. then done that about about six months ago. But um, your head brain goes, "I think it's going to be okay. I think it's fine. Oh, yeah. I think it's." But you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. But we have been we have been um, taught. To not trust into our own intuition, I think that's, I think that's kind of, and I know we're a little over, but we're going to keep going. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a little criminal. Do, do, would you agree with that? Ooh, wow, that's a powerful word for it. And you're right because it is robbing us of truth. In seconds, you know the truth. You yeah. meet a person in seconds, your gut knows. But here's why I would go ahead anyway, because I'm in a air sign. And we think we're smart. Wait, wait, what? And we think we can... <laughs> Let's back up. <laughs> think we can... <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I, I like I'm this. I'm an air sign, and we think we're smart. So we have a rationalization for everything. Yeah. Oh, it's going to work out for me. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to prove that that's not so. And, and, and why am I eating crow like months later? I, I have to sit down in front of my big plate of humble pie and eat it. Because my gut was right. It's never not been right. So it's so great because I'm a fire sign, right? Mm-hmm. So what is my, what is my sign say? My sign says, oh, fuck that. I can do whatever I want. It's going to be fine. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's she's gonna not gonna, she's not going to fucking leave me. I'm, there's no, no not way. Me. <laughs> it's not, not going to happen. That was those other dudes that were, didn't know. You know they, were, they weren't like me. Oh, they, they weren't, weren't like me. <laughs> they weren't like yeah. me. No, I'm yeah. the greatest thing ever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you are which is why you wouldn't be with a person like that anyway <laughs> oh i love that yeah that is perfect but we just have to learn we, we do have to learn. yeah but and I mean, we, we have to learn by doing it so we have uh, to go to those crazy situations where my gut I'll, I'll give you one that's this this tops gut override by logic okay really I'm going to tell you this this story of gut override by logic. All right, let's which is, go. I love this. 
this is one of my favorite things to do, right? Mm-hmm. And until I just had too many experiences and I said, you know what, let me just trust, trust my gut. Let me trust myself. That when I had the experience with my husband that I had been with for a while, and I had an experience with him, it was a violent encounter with my son that he had. He and my, I wasn't there when it happened. I was belly dancing. I was at my belly dance class because I lo- used to love belly dance. And we had just had the baby. The baby was literally maybe three months. This happened in July of 2001. This happened 21 years ago. Now I still remember it. Okay. The baby was born in April. So the baby was probably two, three months old. Right. And I'm a belly dance class. I get home from belly dance class and there was this big kerfuffle at the house. Him and my son, who was like a teenager or something like that. Yeah. Do you know, Craig, that night I was standing in the kitchen of that house. I still remember the spot where I was standing and the voice told me, be out. Two words. I heard it. I heard it. Now, my gut had already told me, my heart was now speaking to me in an audible voice. Do you know I didn't? Mm -mm. Well, here comes the rationalization. Here comes the, we can make it work. But I love him. Yeah, I love him. Love is not a license to be crazy. It's not. Or to live with crazy. It's not. I can love you and be not here. Right. And I still love you. Matter of fact, it would be more loving to me and you for me not to be here. The voice told me. So your journey, though, into trusting your intuition, that hasn't obviously been an overnight thing. Definitely not. And that was the most profound lesson I had to learn about that. Because it took me nine years later, and I promise you, it was so painful, and it was so... You ever go through those painful experiences that seem like they're all-encompassing, like it's just touching your whole life, like you can't even think about anything else because this thing is so big? Mm-hmm. It was like that. And Kamala says something very profound. It says that anytime you don't listen to that inner guide... You know, whatever you want to call it, gut, intuition. I'm not, we're not talking emotion here, right? Because people think it's emotion. We're not talking about your emotions. We're talking about that deep inner knowing that's instant. Mm-hmm. And it's <clears throat> always right. It's always right. And it's that same thing that says, don't forget your keys. And then it says keys. And literally, I don't listen to it because it's fleeting, right? And I get outside. Oh, man, I forgot my keys. Something told me. We always say that, don't we? Something told me. Yeah. Kabbalah says that when you do not listen to that, everything from the point that you receive that message onward, if you keep going that path, is what they call unnecessary process. Wow. So uh, now I'm in a whole bunch of unnecessary process. Like, it doesn't have to be because my wisdom already told me not to do it. But, you know, I wanted to, and the universe doesn't judge me for me not listening to it because I feel like my gut and the universe are one and the same. It's not judging me for it. I have to not listen to it so I can have the experience that will make me wiser and make me trust myself. Mm. So 
you have that do you have that deep level of I don't know everything is valuable yes really oh my god it's so good for us but I can't see it when it just happened like when I'm still in it I can't see it (laughs) I cannot see it until I get I have to get distance from it before I can really Say, oh my goodness, that thing was so good for me. I rarely see it in, in when I'm in it, or even when I'm close to it. If it's recent, I probably won't see it. For me, anyway. Okay. Yeah, you know it's funny because I love. I have so much knowledge about so many different things, um, and to me, they're all cohesive, like Christianity and chaos magic, or, um, you know just the whole like Christian history and then the history of magic, you know, but to me, they all sort of go together. And I look at all of those things as being like, I have all this interesting knowledge or at least interesting to me and it all goes together. But when we go through something difficult, whether it is um, a breakup, like I had a few months ago, or you lose your job or you, um, you know, even um, leaving my religion, quote unquote, like for a while, that was, that felt very, like, am I ever going to recover from this? I mean, you have been through a lot of pain. Oh, so much. Yeah. How did you travel through? All right. Let, let's not say that. If you were to go through something painful today, how would you travel through that? The only way I know my spiritual practices, that's the only thing that I can rock solid, hang on like a rope, no matter what my spiritual practice will bring me through, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Because we, you know, I know there's a lot of, and I don't have any, any ill will towards any type of, uh, manifestation practice or I mean everybody can believe whatever they want to believe but there's a lot of people that believe like I'm creating my world completely but I don't know we don't we don't get to have charge over everything that happens to us sure don't right sure don't so some things you just have to accept yeah pretty much everything that's in front of me. I get to accept it. <laughs> right? And then I get to make a new choice. Like, oh, I don't like this. Okay, I'm going to choose differently. Like, you know, we're not some passive, uh, oh, well, here's what's life dished up. No, I'm going to fucking do something about it. I'm not going to find it. Right. That's a big difference. I had to learn that difference. God. Isn't it so amazing? It's, it is, you know, but, um, I don't know, you know, I guess we're, we're all just travelers, no matter who you are, right? Which I, I hate Aleister Crowley, but (laughs) I, I think he's such an idiot, but that's right. I said that. Um, whether you're Crowley or, or the Apostle Paul or who was a mess or Peter who was a complete mess um, or probably even Buddha I mean I didn't know him I love what he wrote 
but I know him personally, obviously, or there's not a lot of accounts of who he was as a person. All of them were a mess on some level, and I guess we just have to sort of get used to the fact that being a human is being a, a little bit messy, you know? Yeah, I kind of like that part. Yeah, I, I knew you would, it's though. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? We're, we're a little crazy. We're a little unpredictable. Like, humans are really crazy, and that's kind of fun. Like, I'm pretty crazy. I can't really promise what I'll do, like, a minute from now, which is kind of exhilarating. I'd love that about you. <laughs> you. I absolutely love that. It's super spontaneous. I like not having a plan. That day we were in Miami and we were sitting at that restaurant and there were, I mean, it wasn't foreign to you, but I had just got to Florida and we're sitting there in this restaurant and of course you look just like a gorgeous goddess, which you always do, oh, right? Thank you. No, but you you did, right? And, and I'm oh, sitting there with you, and we're outside, and there's palm trees all around, and we're in Miami. And um, you said to me, you said, um, "How does it feel for you to to be here?" It's just like this is crazy, man. But it felt like heaven. It felt like heaven. It felt like heaven. It's like, how, yeah. how can this be real? Right. We were looking around like, are we on Earth still? Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. I don't know. Your life can be so good. Um, so good. But you have to be open to whatever presents you, I guess. Yeah. But I guess we could use... Our experiences, right, since we're talking about it and since we, we have had years of experiences, our experiences are probably a microcosm of the macrocosm. Mm-hmm. Like the macrocosm isn't having a fight. It's not seeing finding something wrong. It's not having a problem. The sun and the moon are not falling out. They're not, not speaking to each other. Right. So I, I kind of experienced... Our, all these years of us talking and just knowing each other and just hanging out, I, I feel it's a microcosm of the macrocosm. It just flows. There are surreal moments, you know. Um, where was that place we went to? The the, the walls? Where the, they had the graffiti? Winwood Walls. Yeah. Yeah. We went there. And then, um, which we've talked about this. Uh, I won't go into detail. But... When I met you in New Orleans at your Airbnb, yeah, I don't know. We have all these like experiences together where it just feels sort of like is this is this real? Is this are we really here? Like hanging out and doing this together? You know what I mean? For sure. But it's if yeah, you change you can't really that, describe it in words. Yeah, it's hard it, to describe in words. It's just. It is, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, Miami was, like, a big deal for both of us, right? That was a huge one. Yeah, that was a huge one. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had an experience quite like that. I know that I haven't had an experience like that. It's just very different. It's just pure bliss. It's like you can't even find not one thing wrong or a problem. Like, nothing. Like, you know when you're operating at a very different octave or frequency. It's like that. It's it like was. the zone. Yeah. 
pure bliss, right? Like that was a great yeah. day. I mean, the perfect weather, the perfect water, the perfect, like everything, the food tastes better than normal. Yeah. It's just really interesting, those kinds of experiences. I don't know. I guess it feels like, I wish life was like that all, every day. All you know? the time, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I do. So whenever you think about, whenever you look back over your life and all your experiences, is there anything that you wish you would have done more of or less of? That's a good question. That's such a good question. The first thing that came to me is I probably wished that I would have listened, even though I don't feel like I live with a lot of regrets, I do feel like I wished I would have trusted myself enough to listen to myself in the situations and circumstances that were not beneficial for me. So I would have got out immediately rather than trying to, you know, work it out, trying to make it better, trying to rationalize. Like my mind got in the way, probably. Mm. Um, And me learning, because that would have been, I don't know, because the lessons, they served me. Yeah, I see where I can, because it's not like we don't know. And that's been a recurring theme in my life, that I know I don't always act on what I know. And that's one of my big things that I'm really working on is, I don't know if I'm saying working on it, just something I'm aware of and paying close attention to. Like, what do you know to to be the truth of this? And are you willing? It's super scary to be in truth, isn't it? Oh, God. Truth is big and scary. Mm -hmm. And I think Teal Swan is right when she says that humans have sort of a antithetical relationship with truth somewhere deep down inside we don't really like truth all that much because it does kind of rip the band-aid off we know that there's going to be some point of momentary blindness with the truth and then the truth does set us free so it's not like you know we and not to mention our conditioning that we've been conditioned to lie like when we were little and we said you're fat somebody slapped us across the face right mm-hmm. um so we learned real early on, oh my goodness, you better say things that the big people like, whether it's true or not. And by the time we turned seven, we became expert liars, they say. So truth, like, oh my goodness, Craig, just like hardcore truth. It's difficult, yet it is the way. And it is freedom. Like, can I just tell myself the absolute truth? Can I tell other people the truth? You know, we had a truth conversation that for me was uncomfortable. Yeah, we and did. every time I have a truth conversation, it's uncomfortable. But yeah, we gotta be vulnerable and just have those truth conversations. Yeah, I, feel like I it mean, takes a lot of courage. You know, it does. It does. It does. And um, I remember asking you a couple of times, like, "Is it okay if I just tell you the truth?" <laughs> such a dumb question tell me the truth yes yes you always have permission to tell me the truth you're sure. the best though but oh. yeah but those were some of those were were um i mean that was a very intimate conversation right so but still i mean the truth needs to be it needs to be out there right it does because if not truth then what Am I going to live a lie? God, Am I going to pretend? that's so true. That's so... 
you know, it, it, when I was a, a pastor and um, I I didn't believe in hell. I, I didn't believe in it. I, wow. I, and I still don't. You didn't you know? believe in hell. Yeah, me either. But yeah, I yeah. didn't believe it. I didn't grow up with it either. The witnesses didn't teach it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, everything I, everything I grew up with taught it. Oh, wow. But okay. it got to a point where I didn't believe in it. And I had a podcast with, um, oh my God, this is so bad. She's fantastic. I can't remember her name. I apologize, ma'am. But um, she's a professor at Vanderbilt University. And mm-hmm. she's a Jewish woman who is a professor of New Testament theology. And oh. we were talking. And I said to her, because um, she was telling me that the Jews don't believe in hell. And I said, well, when Jesus said to the Jews, you know, it's better to, to lose your eye than to burn in hell. I said, what, what was he talking about? She said, I have no idea because we, they, they, <laughs> no they, they didn't believe in it. So I, I don't know what he was talking about. Unless somebody put that in there later Unless on. Unless somebody put that in there later on. Uh, the Jews didn't believe in hell, so they would have no clue what he meant. They would have no idea what he was talking about. And um, my, my point of reference with that is, is this, is that sometimes we don't want to expose the truth because... It just feels like it's obvious, but it's kind of embarrassing at the same time. Mm, but the it's, vulnerability. Yeah. It's it's better to just, especially if it's a, a free space. I mean, you and I have a, a pretty free space, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can tell you anything, but um, it still feels a little like, okay, is this going to be okay? Or, you know, are you, are you prepared for what I'm getting ready to tell you? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, treading on eggshells. Like, am I walking on this lake and the ice is going to give? Is it, is the ice going to crack and I'm going to be submerged? Yeah, it's like water. you know, um, <laughs> how how good are you going to be with the, the fact that I shot you know John Kennedy or whatever? You know, <laughs> right, right. I, I have a dead body in my basement. Like, a dead body in my basement. <laughs> Not quite as big as that, but 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 similar. So <laughs> yes. But but some of the some of the conversations we had were I mean they were very honest right super honest so yeah. so honest that they make you kind of squirm like even when you get off the phone right yeah yeah later on you're like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cringy almost in a good way like because you feel love doesn't abide foolishness and it doesn't abide hiding. And when you're in a real love relationship, whether it's friends, whether it's lovers, whether it's parent or mother, you know, parent or children, we have a lot of love relationships in our lives, right? And the relationships where love is resident and love is the container, it's going to bring up just truth. Okay. How can you get away from it, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get too personal, but... Oh, no, go right ahead. I'm an open book. You know that about me. So, so the conversations that you and I had, which are, are private, but, I mean, some of those were, were fairly personal, right? Like, I, no, 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 not not, not personal. Um, Intimate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking for something even deeper. Mm. You know, those, those, those thoughts that are pretty much kept to yourself. Yes. And then you give them to another person. I mean, that's what those were, right? Yes. Yes. 
that can only happen where there's an environment or a container of safety, trust. I can trust this person with this. Because when you take something out of your heart and you give it to someone else, you you could be giving them a glass of of eyes. They could smash it on the floor. They could do anything, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And somehow we think we're going to be crushed if they smash it on the floor, if they'd be like, oh, that's nice, and put it on the shelf and never look at it again. Like, we have all these ideas in our minds. The gift was giving it. How comfortable are you living that way? Um, well, I'm freaking uncomfortable living that way, yet I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to being uncomfortable. Like, you know, I live my life on not being comfortable. Like, I do big, scary things all the time, like my move to Mexico, going to Egypt on a one-way ticket, not knowing when I was coming back. I was there for 30 days, you know, and then the next country, Greece, and then Italy, and then Lisbon, Portugal, and then back to Miami. And then, to be, to be completely honest with you, I don't know when I'll see you again. I just know the universe already got that taken care of. Agreed. Right? Yeah. So, it's that. It's that I am so in love with love itself and life. And the universe. And it so loves me. Like, I look at my life and I'm like, the universe fucking loves me. The universe loves this bitch. So, like, why wouldn't it work out for me? It will. And that's true of everyone. I'm not special. Right? It's true of everyone. We don't believe it. So, I can't... I'm gonna be okay. Right? You're gonna be okay. No matter what. We're all gonna be okay. So, you gotta... We gotta take some risks especially in love, be the first person to say I love you. Be, go out on a limb. Like, what's life for if we're not doing that? Oh, my God. Like, I'm going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. I'm not going out the line in a bed. Yes. I'm not doing that. Oh, my God. I'm going out in a blaze of glory. I'm not even going to comment on that. I, I, you know what though? I just think um, there are two ways to 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 go out quietly, silently, drift off into the night, or motherfucker, you're gonna remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> Your name across the sky of lights. <laughs> <laughs> right, so bad. I I imagine myself going out with a big fuck you, my thumb, my my middle finger up in the air, and laughing yes. all the way. <laughs> yes. It's the only way to do it though, right? I did that. I killed this life. I killed it. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. I sort of think so. I, I kind of do though because you can go down in a, a lot of different ways, but um, I don't know, man. Like, oh, he was a guy I used to date or he used to work here or, oh, you so know, boring. he used to, he was, uh, yeah, he, 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 you know, he this, he that. No, no. I, just, I would much rather be like, oh, yeah, he was here. Yeah. <laughs> we will remember him. We will remember that piece of shit for a long time. <laughs> Are you saying that you want to go out being infamous? Not just famous. You want to be infamous. <laughs> yeah, there's a great quote. Rumi. Uh, Rumi said it. And um, he said, I am tired of living safely. I want to be notorious. I want to live dangerously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was Rumi. Yes. And he said, you know, forget safety, destroy your um, reputation, and live ah. notoriously. Oh, my God. 
And I read that a, two years ago, and I was like, oh, 100%. You were like, no one had to give me permission to do that. Oh, this is great, right? Like, I would... Yeah, oh, yeah. I would much rather people go, um, that was a crazy fucking guy, man. Kind of fucking crazy. <laughs> well, actually, I had a few moments like that with you, because one time you were on the podcast, and you said, yeah, I forgive you, God, for being a fucking idiot, and a... And a... <laughs> I, like I was like, oh, my God, is he cursing out God? I... Could not believe it. I almost <laughs> fell on the floor. I did say that. I did say I that. I forgive you, God. I was like, did he, can we say that? I'm looking around the room like, did he just say that? I, I almost fell on the floor. I was like, okay, I freaking love that man. Yeah, because that's <laughs> it right there. That's real. That is real. Yeah. Forgive yeah. God for being a fucking asshole. Like, you clearly don't love your kids. You're a bad parent. Horrible. Like, oh my God. When you were on that whole rant and, and we're asking God for forgiveness, he's like, no, fuck that. I forgive you, God. I said, oh my God. Did he just flip the script on God? Okay. That's where we're going, huh? Yes, best. That was like my favorite, one of my favorite. I have a lot of favorite Craig moments. That was one of my favorite <laughs> Craig moments right now. <laughs> I was talking to Jay Baker. Do you know? Who, do you know Jay Baker? At all? No. So that's Jim and Tammy Faye Baker's son. Oh. He's a great okay. guy. He's so good. But nice. He, um, I had him on my podcast, and he said, what, what, "What's been the hardest thing for you?" And I said, "Oh, that's easy. Uh, giving God forgiveness." Wow. <laughs> and he said, "What?" Exactly. <laughs> I still I had to forgive God for being a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. So this is the first part of a two-part series of my conversation with Valerie Love. When Valerie and I get on the phone, the conversations are usually hours and hours long (laughs) every time. I think the last conversation we had uh, previous to this one was almost five and a half hours long. This one was three and a half. And we were doing a podcast, right? An hour podcast, but we just kept going. She's really a fantastic human being. I met her many years ago now, but we instantly connected. And um, I have had the honor of enjoying her friendship and her intellect and her wisdom and her compassion for quite a, you know quite a while now. No matter what I was going through or what I was exploring, or even what she was exploring, which is even more interesting, right? That she would want my insight on things. It's interesting to me. We would have these very long conversations about God and existence in life. And um, I really love this woman. She is a fantastic, fantastic human being. So I would encourage you to dive a bit deeper into who she is. And the way you can do that is this. You can go to ValerieLove.com. You can go to christianwitches.com. You can find her at Christian Witches on TikTok, Valerie Love on, uh, I think Valerie Love or Christian Witches on YouTube. And truly, man, she's just an amazing, amazing human being who um, I've connected with very, very deeply 
Um, and I feel sometimes unworthy of that because she's so genuine and insightful. Anyway, so this is the first conversation of a two-part series. The next one will be out next week. Uh, if you haven't connected with me on Instagram, Craig K. Hostetler on Instagram, Rebel Soul Syndicate on Instagram, and Craig Hostetler on Facebook, I would love to know that you're out there. I would love to know that you're listening. I would love to know what you would like to hear more about on this podcast. Really, truly, like this podcast is the exploration of humanity, what it means to be a man, um, magic, God, what it means to be a human, all of that kind of stuff. So whatever it is that you want to hear about, send me a message and I will make an attempt to explore that. On this podcast, we've talked about relationships. We've talked about chakras. We've talked about witchcraft. We've talked about Christian history. We've talked about paganism. We've talked about, I think, oral sex. (laughs) I mean, nothing is off the table if it pertains to to our well-being. So really anything that you want to discuss or anything that you would like me to explore or do a deep dive on, please message me. I would love to hear what you are thinking. All right, that's the podcast for this week. The second edition of my conversation with Valerie Love will be next week. Until then, God bless you. See you then.